Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversation with MedTech leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Deezer. Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversations with leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Today, our guest is Mahesh Narayanan. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Mahesh. <laughs> All right. He's a program director and venture partner at NewChip, an accelerator that since 2019 has helped founders raise over $300 million with over 70% of their graduates successfully raising capital. Mahesh is an entrepreneur in biotechnology with extensive experience in the healthcare and life sciences industries and has a strong focus in business development and business startup strategies. Mahesh provides business and scientific guidance in the development of therapeutics and medical devices. He received his master's in biotechnology from the University of Pennsylvania and his bachelor's degree in history and pre-medical sciences from Boston University. So Mahesh, I'm really pleased to having you here in the show today. I look forward to our conversation. How are you doing today? Absolutely. Thank you, Julia, for the invitation, and thank you for that great uh, introduction as well. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, you deserve it. You are the guy here. I mean, I'm, I'm so so thrilled to having you here and to hearing about your activities in Latin America, finding innovation in the region, clinical research. I mean, you've done all in Latin America. So let's get started with uh, your journey to the region. How is it that you got started uh, getting involved with Latin America? Absolutely. So I actually started... Uh, uh, again, as with most things uh, in life, serendipitously, I had a good friend uh, that I met uh, at a conference uh, who actually at that point was doing his uh, graduate studies uh, in uh, University of Texas, uh, A&M. Uh, and uh, so we met at a conference and we really hit it off. Um, he was also a very young uh, scientist uh, looking to become an entrepreneur and uh, just started uh, his own biotech company. Um, so I started uh, my first biotech company back in 2013. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was kind of uh, more in the, the uh, digital health space. Now I had a quick exit and then uh, moved into therapeutic side uh, of it, uh, kind of using uh, similar technologies, but more applying those, uh, um, you know, the digital aspects into a therapeutic development. Uh, and so, um, you know, that's that's the uh, current company, Pepvax. And so, um, you know, our, our goal, uh, you know, between our combination there is that uh, he had a particular technology that uh, he needed help in delivering uh, into patients. Uh, so he had a, um, a particular uh, RNA technology. So back then, not a, lot, not a lot of people knew about RNA. Now everyone knows because of all the vaccines, you know, how well RNA works. Uh, but uh, he had a particular RNA therapeutic uh, for uh, pancreatic cancer. Uh, but he, he was really struggling to get it delivered into uh, patients. Uh, and, uh, you know, because uh, RNA breaks down very quickly. And uh, for a vaccine, it's good because, you know, you, you get it, it expresses and it's done. But when it's being used as a therapeutic, when you're actually trying to treat a disease, RNA it has to stay there for a long time. Uh, and, you know, uh, and, and you have to make a lot of it in order for it to work uh, for a therapeutic. And he wasn't able to do that properly. And so he came to us because we had a lot of experience in uh, actively delivering uh, any types of uh, DNA and RNA-based uh, therapeutics. Uh, and so we started collaborating uh, you know, uh, quite early on to uh, see if we can help him deliver 
his uh, therapeutic into patients actively and uh, you know do well. And that was my really first interaction with a uh, an American company because he is actually was originally from Costa Rica. And so he ended up going back to Costa Rica, started his company there, uh, and and that's when we, you know, our, our interaction with a Latin American company started to come about. Is you know, I was like, oh, he's a great company. He started, uh, you know, he was in the United States, but then ended up going back. And the reason he went back uh, was actually, um, you know, because of the opportunities that he saw in Costa Rica that he wasn't able to see in the United States. Uh, and primarily, it, it comes down to how quickly he was able to recruit patients, how quickly he was able to use certain, uh, you know, uh, facilities that were readily available in Costa Rica, but no one was using them. Uh, and, uh, you know, so there was a lot of government aid that was available, but no one was aware of it or no one was using it. Uh, and, and so he kind of you know, dug deep into the research and then said, OK, I have a lot of uh, ways to get funding and a lot of ways to get my company going uh, in Costa Rica. So he decided to go back to Costa Rica. And so we started. We pretty much followed him there. That's uh, ironic, right? It's easier exactly. to, to develop a, a product in Costa Rica than in the United States. <laughs> exactly. So, so you know, while research is great here, you know, th th there are a lot of regulatory pathways in Western Europe as well as uh, in uh, you know United States that make it quite hard to uh, quickly develop th uh, therapeutics. Uh, you know, in certain um, indications, especially in cancers, rare cancers. Where uh, you know it's late stage, or you know it's uh, you know there aren't that many people uh, to test, it becomes very hard in uh, in America. But it's actually not that hard to recruit those type of patients in Latin America, primarily because they don't have too many other options here. You know it, that that's what it, it pretty much comes down to access, right? And so in the United States, you have so much access to uh, in some advanced therapeutics that most other world. Uh, you know, uh, countries uh, don't really have access to. Uh, and so in Latin America, that's quite, uh, you know, uh, prevalent as well. And so when, when they see that there's a experimental, uh, in a clinical trial that they're recruiting patients for, it's much easier to recruit them because uh, they're like, oh, I don't have anything else. So might as well try this. Uh, and so that's a, you know, that was an opportunity that he saw uh, in, in Costa Rica. But the other aspect is, and this is something that a lot of people don't realize as well, you can actually conduct uh, experiments in Costa Rica and Brazil and take those results to the United States FDA and actually, you know, use it actually to, uh, you know, uh, at least show them that you have uh, initial human data and it's safe. And then you can actually expedite your process with the FDA into phase two and phase three. As uh, long as the data is captured following ICA GCP standards. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and that's not offered in all countries, by the way. Just because you follow the FDA guidelines in another country doesn't necessarily mean that they won't approve it. So uh, the, the FDA has uh, identified a few countries that they have gone to the facilities, they've worked with their uh, you know, uh, FDA equivalent, I believe in Brazil it's a, a VC. Uh, and and Visa. Avisa, yeah. sorry, uh, and uh, the uh, in Costa Rica, there's, there's, I think the CRFDA, but uh, you know they, they have you know very uh, similar um, uh, hierarchies and they have similar regulations, and so the FDA has approved a couple of countries around the world where you can conduct it there, and then you can actually bring the data back as long as you follow those particular guidelines that you just mentioned, uh, and that's pretty much what you know he had planned, and that's what he's doing at this time. Uh, he, he was actually uh, able to expedite his clinical trials. And and through him, we were able to extract our clinical trials because our you know our, our uh, device and our our uh, drug delivery platform was also being used for that. And so we actually used that information 
to come back to the FDA. So actually, we were able to kill two birds in one stone. He got, you know, he got his approval for his drug, and we got approval for our platform all in the same clinical study. Uh, and I think that is you know, one of the big opportunities that uh, we can see in Latin America is, uh, you know, uh, being able to, you know, if you pick the right countries and you're able to pick the right uh, facilities and uh, certainly the right uh uh, you know, uh, medical uh, personnel to run clinical trials, either in therapeutics or devices, you actually have a really good chance of getting it approved uh, in the United States just with that data. And so that's a, you know, that's actually how my journey started with Latin America is you brought me there. And then now I've been exploring it for the past couple of years, like where are the faster opportunities, you know, the, the opportunities where I think, uh, you know, we can take advantage of not just in therapeutics, but medical devices and other uh, aspects that, uh, you know, I feel are important uh, to be able to bring that type of care to people. Yes, yes, Mahesh. Thank you for that uh, answer. I mean, it was a fantastic answer. And 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 you talk about so much stuff. We can have five different <laughs> episodes <laughs> with just with that answer. But a quick com a quick comment here is that uh, a lot of our clients, you know, we do a lot of clinical research in Colombia, and uh, we can do clinical research all over Latin America. We just happen to believe that Colombia is perhaps one of the best countries for this type of work. So a lot of our clients and sponsors use that data, that clinical data, and they sit down with the FDA and with the investors, right? Right. I mean, right. that represents a huge milestone in the development of every technology that first in human experience, those 20 patients, 15, anywhere between 10 and 20 patients. And they sit down with the FDA and they, they can talk about their pilot or pivotal in the United States if it is a medical device. And, uh, and of course, with investors or also with the strategic acquirers. They can now talk to Medtronic, Boston Scientific, and say to them, listen, I already got human experience. Now I'm more attractive. Let's talk about evaluation. Let's talk about a, 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 an acquisition. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. And, and it's a great opportunity for early stage companies because, you know, the, the, uh, if you're able to get the funding, I mean, that's that's the other, you know, I think the the downside to some of the, the work is that, you know, funding's not readily available. So the funding probably has to come from the United States or somewhere in Europe. But, you know, but the, the work can definitely be done in that in that region and done really well with the same standards you, you might be able to do, uh, uh, in front sometimes better than you might be able to do in the United States. However, before we move on, uh, I want to make a quick comment here. I've been faced with a few uh, sponsors, clients and sponsors who have told me, Julio, I'm getting all these financial or incentives, tax and financial incentives in Australia, in Poland. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Let me do some research in Colombia. Let's see what financial incentives or tax incentives the government has for companies to do research or, or to um, do trials, any type of R&D work in Colombia. And I was amazed about, I mean, of what I found, I mean, about the amount of money that the government is is offering, free government grants. It's just not many people know about it and not many people take advantage of it because they don't know what to do with those grants because there isn't much innovation. There isn't much local innovation. So foreign companies can take a lot of, of advantage of these opportunities in Latin America since all these governments, Mahesh, are looking at science, technology, and innovation 
as a way to, to diversify their economies and to create knowledge economies. They want to export knowledge, not export bananas and avocados <laughs> and mangoes and coffee, <laughs> right? Or oil. That's a exactly. thing of the past. Latin America has already passed that. I mean, like countries like Chile, Colombia, Mexico, they're already thinking big. So, so yeah, that's, that's an opportunity that very, very few companies are, are, Seeing in Latin America, uh, there are a lot of grant opportunities in the region. It's just that you have to, to wait a little longer. You have to partner with a local company and apply for the grant. You cannot do it from the United States. You have to do an application locally in Spanish, but can be done. There's, there's money. Just recently, um, I was just talking to a sponsor. Uh, we're doing a couple of clinical trials for them. They're looking at another indication and uh, stem cell work, regenerative medicine. And we were looking at a grant by the Colombian government of almost $300,000. I mean, that's enough for a clinical trial. Right. And, and that was actually a similar type of grant that my friend was pursuing in Costa Rica, you know, and, and, and he realized that, you know, there was almost for, you know, for using $300,000, he actually got over $10 million of money that no one else had used. Uh, it was there wow. and the government was just holding on to it. Uh, and he's like, well, I want all the money. And they said, okay, here's all the money. No one wants it. <laughs> so, you know, he got so lucky because 10 million goes so much further in Latin America than it does in the United States. So, you know, so he's actually, you know, he has enough funding to finish his phase one, his phase two, his phase three, get all the reason, you know, all the trials he needs uh, and, and still have more left to go do another product, you know? So the, 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 the amount of money goes much further in Latin America uh, and, and and speaking of uh, you know Mexico and and I, I have another um, uh, you know company that I've been working with in uh, in Argentina as well. Okay. The me the medical device and equipment market in Mexico and Argentina are unbelievable. Uh, I've, you know the the amount of um, innovation that's coming out of Mexico and Argentina and uh, even uh, you know uh, Colombia. Uh, when when you're looking at like heart valves, when you're looking at uh, you know uh, MRI machines or ECG. They, they are finding new and better ways because they have to, uh, you know, to, uh, to uh, get it to patients faster, cheaper, more efficiently. And, and so, you know, I think I mentioned, uh, you know, when we spoke before, there's a, 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 a device company that I that was, uh, you know, actually uh, invested in uh, that was looking at um, a, a sonic and light machine in order to kill bacteria. Right, because antibacterials are it's such a such a big market, but no one wants to work on it because the more you take antibiotics, the less they work. <laughs> you know, because bacteria keeps uh, they, they keep uh, mutating, and so it becomes less effective. So none of the big companies want to work in in antibiotics anymore because they don't make any money. Because the, the more they sell, the less money they make. <laughs> and so, so it's like one of those paradoxes in in uh, pharmaceuticals. But this company, uh, they're. This, this company was started by a doctor in a hospital uh, in um, in Mexico, and uh, he he saw that you know th there was so much rampant uh, MRSA, uh, you know this uh, methylene-resistant um, uh, bacterium that no matter what you do, they don't die, you know. And so um, they they actually more patients he lost more patients to MRSA than he did to what the, why they came in for they could have come in you know they could have come in for like a, a wound in their leg they broke their arm and they died because of MRSA you know it was like the worst situation for them and he's like this can't you know I can't lose patience to something I can't see like this is you know I can't treat this way 
And so he actually tried to, you know, uh, not just tried to, he actually created this medical device, uh, which uh, uses light and sound. He realized that if, if you use certain frequencies of light and sound, he's able to kill the cell wall of the bacteria. Wow. And so the bacterium dies. So there is no anti, there's no antibiotics. There's no an antibacterial, you know, uh, uh, agents. You just use light and, and uh, sound and the bacterium dies. And he did it because he had to, uh, you know, and, and now... I think you saved the entire world by doing that because this is so relevant to every country. No matter where you go in the world, MRSA exists. Uh, no matter where you go, uh, bacterium exists. And so, you uh, you know, and they will mutate. The, the more you take antibiotics, the more they mutate. And so by now being able to just kill uh, the bad ones, and, and this is actually what he's working on specifically because there's good bacterium. You don't want to kill the good bacteria as well because the entire gut is made of good bacteria. But uh, to be able to identify the bad bacteria and then kill it using specific frequencies, that's brilliant. You know? and, and that came out of Mexico and we helped fund them. Uh, and now uh, they're looking to expand to the entire world. Uh, and so they're going after markets in the United States, in the Europe. But that came out of Mexico. And, and those are the opportunities, I feel, uh, you know, that, that the, the innovation is happening because it has to, not because we want to. Uh, and so uh, and, and, you know, that that innovation is is. is and that's something that I love coming out of Latin America because I don't see that in too many parts of the world. Beautiful, beautiful example. I love it. All right. So let's talk about trends in the region. Uh, I know we touched a little bit on that, but let's let's talk about what trends you see happening in Latin America from the political, social, economic standpoint. What do you see in the news? What do you see happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think in, in terms of trends, uh, you know, I think because of COVID, the entire world is kind of in a, you know, a, a depressed mode, economically speaking. But I think it's coming back up. Uh, I mean, the, uh, you know, like markets like Mexico and Brazil and, you know, Colombia and Argentina, they're, they're too big to fail and, and they need to grow faster. And, and I think right now is a good opportunity for all of these countries to really step up uh, their game when it comes to innovation because, uh, uh, you know, you often see that innovation happens right after a big economic dip. Uh, you know, new companies take over. And we, we saw this in 2008 when we had the whole sharing economy. So we had an Uber and Airbnb and all these other big companies that, that came into place. Uh, and that all happened because of 2008. And so I think there's another big trend that's going to change. And Latin America can certainly be ahead of that. Uh, and I see, you know, some of that coming from the uh, the expanses in uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning, and that's certainly taking place in Latin America. There's a lot of companies working around those aspects uh, in, in terms of you know diagnosing people faster, diagnosing them in different ways. Uh, and then when it comes to uh, you know I, I think uh, innovation that that's pushed by the government, I think a lot of you know uh, governments that are in the world are pumping money just to keep the economy going. And you see that in the United States, we see that in, in Latin America uh, and uh, pretty much every part of the world. So there's money now available for ideas to be, you know, created, and so uh, you know I think there's a lot of push for companies to continue innovating and for entrepreneurs to continue innovating in Latin America because there's a need for it and there's a push by all the governments to keep the economy going, get people, you know, anyone who's not working, okay, it's fine, go start something, start an idea and push that forward. Uh, so the next two three years, I, I see a lot of progress that I'm uh, that uh, you know anticipate uh, in Latin America just just because of where we are economically and where the policies are going moving forward, where, you know, higher access to care uh, and, uh, you know, uh, easier access and, and, and a more efficient access to care. All that's important now because uh, 
you know, these Latin American countries that are getting older and older populations. And so you, you, got, you know, the younger generation has to now take care of the older generation. So things have to be more efficient than they, they, they have been before. And I think that is going to drive. So the social economic drive is really going to push for better health care, easier health care uh, and more universal health care in, in general. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I would summarize what's what's happening now in Latin America with their desperate for business. I mean, all these countries. I was in a conference today. I was looking. It, it, it was the head of uh, the economic department of Citibank uh, out of New York, and he was talking about the trends in Latin America and um, the growth that is projected for these countries is is not as good as the growth of the United States and, and China that have grown higher than before the pandemic. I mean, these countries have rebounded. I mean, they, they are leading the world now. But Latin America, the growth of Colombia is going to be significantly less than the than than during 2020 or, or just a little bit above. I mean, it's just I mean, in average, in Latin America, it's not going to grow that much. That's my point. Uh, versus uh, 2020, and 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 so what I see these countries doing is they're trying to diversify their economies. They're trying to attract foreign direct investment, and they're doing anything necessary for this to happen. In the case of Colombia specifically, which is my home country and the country that we focus the most with our business, where we bring our trials and we bring companies that are looking to get started in Latin America, I, I see the word reactivation everywhere in the news. Every headline has the word economic reactivation, economic reactivation, right? So they are bringing, for example, just last week, I was in a, in a, in a meeting organized by ProColombia, which is the uh, investment promoting agency of the country. And they have offices all over the world. And they're promoting this initiative to bring pharmaceutical and medical device companies to do manufacturing in Colombia. And that will lead to clinical research. And that will lead to local innovation and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. High paying jobs. So they are looking for very creative strategies to bring more business. So I think it will be a... Uh, a great it's a, it's a it's a great time for Latin America to 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 do something different. Absolutely, and, and the pharmaceutical industry you know is, is a good place to be in right now. You know, it's one of the few industries that actually wasn't affected by the pandemic. Actually went up. Uh, and, yeah. And oh so yeah, totally. Right, uh, and, and and so it's uh, it actually uh, you know that medical devices and anything that has to do with healthcare, uh, you know that 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 industry I think uh, can really play an important role in recovery. As well as you know, uh, expansion within Latin America, and I, I certainly agree. The the foreign investment perspective of uh, you know getting big pharmaceutical companies to come manufacture. I mean, uh, we're looking at uh, you know something like mRNA. You know, one of the biggest restraints that we had, and I'm and this is in general, and this is I'm seeing this uh, happening quite actively in Latin America as well. Uh, is actually you know synthetic biology. Uh, you know, be, being able to produce uh, other molecules, other proteins using cells and using, you know, bacterium and using plants uh, to be able to do it. And, uh, you know, we saw this in, with mRNA. It's, it's hard to make, uh, you know, it's hard to manufacture. Uh, and as we're moving towards, uh, you know, these type of uh, treatments in the future, we need more and more of these synthetic biology manufacturing facilities. Uh, and uh, I certainly, uh, you know, hope and, and, I, and I'm, you know, hoping all countries, but especially Latin America, uh, can really lead the way in, uh, you know, creating more synthetic biology and synthetic manufacturing facilities 
to aid other uh, you know um, companies in making their particular products easier and faster uh, and distributed. So you know we don't have to depend on one or two countries around the world to make a vaccine and then distribute it everywhere. You know, Latin America could be, you know, that, that center where everyone goes to manufacture vaccines, where everyone goes to manufacture proteins. And I think that is a, a great opportunity that uh, I, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, uh, countries in Latin America don't miss out. Because I think synthetic biology is the future and, uh, and manufacturing and putting money there is going to be That's key. key. Yeah, they are, they, are, they call it a near-shoring strategy. They're attracting near-shoring. That's yes. really the name of the game now, since the relationship with China and the United States is now seeing China as a real competitor. I mean, they are getting aggressively into Latin America. The United States has said, we need friendly countries to work with us so that we don't have to depend on potential enemies, <laughs> right? So uh, we want companies to manufacture their products closer to us here in the, our backyard, because we have ignored Latin America. It's right here. Mexico, Costa Rica is a great example of a country that attracted all these Medtronic of the world, Boston Scientific of the world to do manufacturing in their free zones and everything. It's just amazing. So Colombia can easily be uh, or get inspired with what Costa Rica is doing. Actually, that is what th there was a topic of conversation during the uh, event that I just mentioned. They talk about uh, Costa Rica. They talk about India, how India was able to come out of nowhere and, and become the pharmacy of the world. So the Colombian government, yeah, the, 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 the Colombian ambassador in India was at the event and she is doing uh, her work to collaborate with the Indian government to learn best practices from India to adapt to Colombia to attract pharmaceuticals uh, or medical devices to, to Colombia. For right. And, and I think that's one of the things that India did really well is that they became the leader in manufacturing generics and manufacturing, you know, uh, you know, proteins. And, and so and, and I think that's where, you know, uh, countries like Brazil, Argentina, uh, you know, uh, uh, Uruguay, Ecuador, they have so much land and they have so much capability to be able to use that land in a way that's uh, you know not just beneficial to them, but benefiting the whole world. Because the next time you know, uh, it, God forbid, another pandemic happens, you know, uh, we don't have to rely everything around Asia to manufacture all the drugs that we need in the east, in the, in the Western Hemisphere. We can go to Mexico, we can go to Ecuador, we can go to uh, you know uh, Brazil and say, hey, we need a more mRNA vaccines. Let's do this here rather than having to do it in India. So, no, it's, it's, uh, I think it's an opportunity that um, a lot of countries are looking at, but I think Latin American countries really, you know, take a deep look at it and say, how can we take advantage of this? And how can we be in there the next time there's a, you know, any major, uh, you know, um, worldwide disaster, how we can lead the world rather than having to, uh, you know, follow some other country and then depending on others that we don't have to, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're close to the end of the show, Mahesh, but uh, I, I like to ask you about uh, more examples that you may have. If you have any more in Latin America of companies that you have funded or you have accelerated or you have worked with. So anything going on in Colombia, Brazil, Argentina, besides the examples that you gave us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, apart from just uh, drug development, I mean, we, we you know, uh, I personally look at uh, any type of uh, life science and healthcare top companies. And, and one of the other companies that, we're, that we recently uh, ended up funding in Argentina uh, is actually a company that was doing last mile delivery of 
drugs from the pharmaceutical, the, from the pharmacy to the patients. Uh, you know, one of the things that they realized was that uh, uh, people aren't taking their medications because they don't, they can't, or they don't end up going to the pharmacy. And so the compliance, you know, is, is so low. Uh, and uh, they realized that all they have to do is just get the drug to the patient at their home and the compliance goes up 40, 50, 60%, uh, depending on the country. Uh, and so this, co- uh, this uh, uh, company, uh, you know, had an amazing case study of what they were able to do in Argentina. And so we ended up funding them so now they can actually expand to Central America uh, and, and Mexico as well. Nice. And, and, uh, yeah. and see how far we can actually push this. Because, you know, uh, I mean, compliance is a, is a problem anywhere in the world. You know, don't get me wrong. But, uh, but Latin America and South America especially, compliance is so low. So when the doctor says, take this you know, tablet, uh, you know, twice a day, they do it once a week, <laughs> you know, and that's not going to treat them. That's going oh, to they cut it in them. half. So they can right. take it down the next day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah. it. You've seen it. Yeah, I've seen you it. Know? <laughs> so it's, it's like, you know, they're doing the things that they shouldn't be doing. And obviously what that means is that they're getting sicker. They have to end up going to the hospital more. And that increases the cost overall for everyone. Uh, and so for the family have to take, you know, they have to take care of them uh, longer and there's more problems, have to be in the hospital longer. So they, you know, they, they showed a really nice case study saying we did this for one year and we increased compliance to these families here uh, over 60 percent. And we saw a drop on their healthcare costs over 80 percent, 80 percent drop in healthcare costs of those families that they were able wow, to serve. Wow, that's fascinating. And Exactly. If, if we can translate that, I mean, America itself, you know, don't get me started with our healthcare system here. But <laughs> but if we can reduce 80% of healthcare costs across any country, right? Like that, that's just such an amazing, because uh, I would say uh, any country you pick in, uh, you know, in, a, uh, in Latin America, healthcare costs is at least 30% of GDP. Imagine bringing that down lower than what you're spending on infrastructure, right? Like how much cash a, a, a country can save by not taking care of their patients because they keep getting sick. <laughs> and, exactly. And, and you so, improve the patient's lives. Exactly. Yeah. And so that, that, that is a, you know, a, a, a great uh, example of not just, you know, uh, uh, life sciences specifically, but healthcare in yeah, general, yeah, sure. how we can, you know, affect all patients' lives. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mahesh. All right. We're close to the end of the show. And, um, what would be your final words of wisdom to the CEO of any medical technology or healthcare company that is just looking at Latin America as a land of opportunity, as a place to do business in general? What would you say to him or her if you had him in front of you? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, uh, you know, first, find a partner, right? I think that there are so many great companies in Latin America uh, that uh, aren't, we aren't either uh, looking at or are not aware of because we're not, you know, uh, uh, we aren't searching for them. Uh, you know, it's, it's always like you're searching for investors, you're searching for, you know, uh, uh, hospitals here in the United States or in, in Europe or, you know, Australia, wherever it might be. Uh, but the best way uh, to get into Latin America is through a partner. Uh, and there's so many great companies. Find a great partner. Uh, and then using the partner, you're able to do so much more uh, in terms of taking advantage of the local regulations, taking advantage of the local grants, taking advantage of, uh, you know, the, the, the local market in general. Uh, and some of these markets are way bigger than what we anticipate. Uh, and, and, you know, like markets like Mexico are growing like, you know, 15, 20% a year uh, uh, in, in some some cases. So th- there's definitely a market there. I don't, you know, um, 
companies should not ignore this market, uh, you know, because they think it's not a big size. It's a, more than enough for most startups uh, to take a look at, to do what they need to do. And then if they want to look at Europe, if they want to look at the United States later for regulatory application and so forth, they can still do that. I think that's what a lot of countries or companies are afraid of. They think if they go outside to Latin America, that not everything, all the work that they do there doesn't count. And that's absolutely not true. Uh, and so, you know, by by finding a good partner, either manufacturing, clinical trial partner, uh, or even a good, uh, you know, uh, collaborator to say, you have something, I have something, let's put this together and see what happens. I think those are the opportunities that uh, country uh, companies should be looking out for in Latin America. Uh, and once you find that, it's so easy to, you know, tap into that market, go grow as well. You can go from one country in Latin America to another one very, very quickly because uh, regulations aren't that hindering as it might be from the United States. Uh, and so it, I think th- that that would be the, the big advice for me is find a good partner and then grow out into Latin America because it's a, it's a, there's a lot of opportunity, but you can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. I think that's a big takeaway for me. <laughs> Excellent, Mahesh. And I will say uh, before we end here that you are fishing in a blue ocean because you are in a position where you are part of an accelerator. You're looking for companies to apply to your program. You're looking for companies to fund. Those are your metrics. And you are swimming in an ocean where nobody else is looking for opportunities. <laughs> Absolutely, and, and and they're coming to us as well. You know, they, oh, they're, and they're coming to you, fantastic. They're, they're coming yeah. to us, uh, so you know, we're looking, but they're coming to us even faster. So, Beautiful. You know, yeah. Absolutely, you know, we, we love to fund companies there. We love to you know continue working in Latin American uh, countries and you know making sure that whatever we can provide to help them do you know what they have to do better, we are happy to help as well. So you know, we, 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 that, that's that's really the, the the you know where I see the future really taking shape is in Latin I'm America. so yeah I'm so happy to see you guys and other accelerators uh, doing work in Latin America because it's something that is badly needed there's no ecosystem yet I mean just starting to to be but uh, specifically for medical technologies medical biotech medtech healthcare the ecosystem is not as strong as it is in 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 the United States and it is not as strong as it is with apps and you know technology in general Absolutely. So, yeah. so we're actually story. hoping to start a uh, office in Latin America, a specific office nice. that's dedicated to just Latin America. That, that's in the future, uh, but you know it's definitely part of our plans because obviously it's the closest neighbors, right? <laughs> Going yes, to Latin America yes, from yeah, here is yeah. the closest neighbors. So you know we're, we're certainly looking to expand there because we see a lot of opportunity that we would like. Yeah, to be Bogota is certainly a great place for that. I mean, is one is becoming the startup capital of Latin America, Buenos Aires. Sao Paulo, you know that. So Mexico City. <laughs> absolutely. There's, yeah. there's a lot of them coming up. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, so how can people get in contact with you? Sure. Uh, you can reach out to me through my email. Uh, it is uh, my first name, M-A-H-E-S-H. And then my first initial of my last name is N, as in Nancy, at uh, newchip.com. Uh, so that's N-E-W-C-H-I-P.com. Uh, that'd be the best way to reach out to me. Uh, and, you know, any information you might need about our accelerator, any information you want, you know, want to just apply for to be part of our accelerator or for investment. We're also looking, you know, to, for for companies for investment. Uh, but uh, you know, that's probably the best way to reach out to me. And uh, you can certainly reach out to me through LinkedIn. Uh, I'm quite active in LinkedIn as well as Twitter. So these are all, uh, you know, uh, the three easy ways to get get to me. Beautiful. We're gonna uh, include a link to your LinkedIn profile on in our website. So. 
Oh, Mahesh, thank you so much. Uh, you're being a great uh, guest. I I loved our conversation. I'm sure listeners got a lot out of it. And I look forward to being in touch. Bye.